their services. But we want to tell you to be sure and remember that there will be no service here tonight. Now, if some of you are real anxious to do something for the Lord, uh, we are having two funerals tomorrow here at the church. Uh, we have two precious ladies, Kathy Coldiron passed away and they'll be, we'll be doing her funeral here tomorrow about noon. And then Tuesday is Shirley Faff. She passed away. She, we, we've been praying for both of these ladies for quite a while. Dear sisters in the Lord, and we're going to be serving their family. And I spent two days lining up food because one of them's going to have 75 people and one's going to have 100. So if I called, if I didn't call you, it wasn't that I was ignoring you. I just couldn't catch up with you. So I'm going to be out in the foyer. I have, I think I have enough food for both funerals. But I always get a little extra to help the family so that they can take it home with them when it's over or whatever. So I'll be out in the foyer today if you want to make a contribution and make a dish of food for us. Or come and help us work here at the church. Everybody just works together. We have the most wonderful times of fellowship when we do these funerals. It's like the Lord comes down in our midst and helps us, and we want to be a blessing. So thank you for being at Princeton Park. Thank you for being at Stratford. I know. Thank you for that boo. So thank you for coming today. I want, we want to leave all of our visitors. Do we have some, some people that are home visiting today? Brother Sister Carpenter, different ones have usually some of their children in. If you're visiting with us today, we want you to remain seated, and we're going to ask all of our members and regular tenders to please stand and look around and find those people that are seated. Our, they're our special guests today. Shake hands with them and greet them and say God bless you to somebody this morning. Welcome to Stratford Heights.
praise this morning. Aren't you thankful for God and for our country? Hallelujah. Oh, beautiful, prostrations, forever ways of
Now I'm a fire. 
this morning. He's worthy to be praised. How many believe that Jesus, the Son of the living God, King of kings and Lord of lords, is worthy of all of our praise and all of our honor? As we pray down here this morning, I hear a few scriptures coming to my spirit. Number one, I hear the Lord saying, No weapon formed against us shall prosper. I hear the Lord reminding me that He continuously causes us to triumph. Thanks be unto Jesus who continuously causes us to triumph. I'm thankful for victory in Jesus this morning. It's not victory in Cameron or victory in anybody else in and of ourselves, but it's victory in Jesus Christ. How many believe that that's true this morning? Can you clap your hands and give God praise? We're thankful for that this morning. There's nothing that can come against us when we be in Him. That will prosper over us. Can we pray? We're praying this morning for the nation of Israel. We continuously turn our attention to that in prayer and also our nation. We're thankful for it. We know it has its ups and downs, but we pray for it nonetheless. That God would strengthen us, that God would lead us, and God would guide us. And let me tell you something. You should be excited this morning. I got to hear the pastor preach at 8.30. And I'm so ready to hear it again. Because it is such a timely, powerful word this morning that God has given him for our church and for our nation. I'm thankful for that. And we pray today. Help me pray. And let's join together in agreeing together that God would keep his hand upon Israel. We know he will. And that we would bless them as God blesses them. Father, we love you and we praise you. We ask you, God, as we come to you, that you would continuously keep your hand upon the nation of Israel. God, I'm reminded of all the promises throughout the Old Testament and the New, God that your hand would be upon them. And Father, I pray that you'd continuously cause us to be a people that know your word, that live your word, that seek your will, that do your will, that bless your people. And Father, we know as we come into the end times, the last days, God, that we would be a people that are blessing the nation of Israel. God, we pray your spirit would be its borders. God, we pray that the hand of the enemy would be defeated that comes against it. God, we know that, believe that, trust in that. And now, God, we pray over this nation, this place that we've been born to and we've come to and, and this time that we've been born into. God, we pray over this nation and we ask, God, for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to stand, God, strong and firm in this day, in this hour, in this time. God, we pray over it. We ask, God, your strength and mercy to be upon it continuously. And God, we pray all of these things in the precious name, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning. Happy 4th of July. Amen. How many of you had a good time yesterday? How many saw fireworks last night? awesome. I didn't get to catch any, so I'm going to try to catch them tonight. And I'm thankful for you in the house of the Lord this morning. If you're visiting with us, as Liz has already pointed out, thank you so much for, for being here on this holiday weekend. A lot of folks I know have traipsed off to different places. I know folks are down in Tennessee and Kentucky. What is it about Kentucky and you people? Everybody always going back to Kentucky. As Liz mentioned, we are joining with, uh, talked with Barry Clardy this morning and uh, shared with him that we will be uh, dismissing our service to be with them. And uh, we do that kind of traditionally and go down there and have a hot dog, and if you like hot dogs, and uh, a hamburger, and we hang out with those folks. And they have a great uh, fireworks, spectacular show. Also, uh, they are having, as part of one of their special guests this year, is the Lads. 
Has anyone ever heard of the lads? Yeah, I hadn't either, but they're from Australia. So, you know, can't wait to meet my brothers. <laughs> so I'm going to be looking, them, looking to talk with them and share with them. They're obviously, from what I understand, they're a pretty famous group of uh, people that work with children on television down in Australia. So they're going to be there and a lot of other wonderful people and guests and music and food and fellowship, and it'll be a good time. They're calling it Light Up Liberty. The only thing I got to worry about is that Pastor Barry Clardy is known pretty traditionally for playing jokes on me. And uh, I said, well, I'll see you there. And he said, oh, I'll be looking for you. And I'm like, oh, no. So I don't know what that means. So we'll see. But, uh, I'd like you, if you would, to, uh, to stand with me for just a moment. But before I do this, I, I, something I have to say, I just have to do this. Um, you know, you got to ask the question. Lenny Robinson walked into my office this morning, and, and he's just as serious as a heart attack. He looked at me, and he said, you know, what's wrong with Florida? And I said, I don't know what. And everybody was like, yeah, no, what? He goes, exactly, nothing. Let's go. <laughs> I think I laughed so hard, and then I laughed later. Then I wrote it in my notes, and I was determined to tell you today. So um, what's wrong with Florida? Nothing. Let's go. Let's all, let's all head that way. No, seriously though, in a day and in time like we're living, um, you know, it used to be that, that we would traditionally uh, honor uh, the, the flag and, and we would uh, say pledge allegiance to the flag, to the Christian flag in our services and we've always done that and, and today we're going to do it as well. Except that I wanted to, I just wanted to reiterate that we are, we are reverent and that we're thankful for our country if you're here and among us today and you are part of the wonderful men and women who have served in the military in any capacity in order to protect and preserve this homeland this united states of america if you're here would you just slip up your hand right where you are look around the room amen amen thank you Thank you very much. Thank you. We honor you today. And never to me is it more important that we remember to be thankful. God has blessed America. We've been blessed for 239 years this year. Happy birthday. But I'm telling you, it's when we remember, as long as God has a people, America will be blessed. And so we've got to remember that, keep our focus, keep our attention on the things that are right. As we spoke last week, to stand with the full armor of God and ready to defend at any moment His Word, because that's what we stand on. Amen? But this morning, as we have, as you see, the American flag and the Christian flag to my left and right, we would normally do this, but today I especially wanted to pay attention to doing it, simply because the other day, as many of you have, I witnessed someone burning the flag, putting it on the ground and covering it in mud and stepping all over it and just defacing it. And we've been seeing this, we've been hearing about this. They're bold and they're brash 
to, to totally disrespect the million plus lives who have preserved their right to do so. And I want us today in this church, I hope there ain't none of you that would be offended by this, but I want us to honor our country, to honor our leaders, to honor those who have served in our military, and I would like very much for us to pay homage to the United States of America through pledge to our flag, which we also honor today. Would you help me? I pledge allegiance to the flag, the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Now as we face the Christian flag with hand over heart. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One brotherhood uniting all mankind in service and in love. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Coming to speak to you and, and to receive our offering this morning is Marty Tackett. Marty, Marty, many don't know this about Marty. Marty has worked for the city of Dayton and the city of Centerville. As a matter of fact, yesterday I was privileged to see him in action as he was helping. There was, I don't even know how many, probably 10,000 people that were over at uh, Centerville uh, down uh, in the streets with their big festival, the Americana Festival, and walking with him, and he had on his his uh, Centerville shirt and he had on his walkie-talkie and he was getting called every two seconds about things and he was just ordering that entire city group around and I was so proud of him but we're proud of him here as well he serves on our pastor's council and he's taken on a responsibility he is someone who is going to be perusing and looking through as we're moving into uh, an, our expansion project and the new building uh, which I would I gladly and and, and wonderfully want to tell you about if you haven't seen uh, the flyers already if you were here a few weeks ago at our state of the church you were witness to uh, the new plans and the, and the things that we're doing at this juncture next Sunday morning will be the groundbreaking service for this church after years of praying and trusting and, and moving along we are headed in the right direction now and believing God for a wonderful brand new extension to this building which will begin next week Bishop Bill Isaacs will be speaking, and our state overseer, Brother Wayne Darty, will be here, as well as the state youth and Christian education directors are planning at this point to be here, and Pastor and Myrtle Watkins are planning on driving up from Mississippi to be with us in this very special service next Sunday. So it's going to be a wonderful time, as I've already purchased a silver-plated chromed shovel, silver representing 100 years for our congregation as we embark in something that this church has done traditionally for over one, for 100 years. And that's that we've always been up to building something. So uh, we're proud and thrilled. Marty's coming to share with you 
about a couple of different needs that we have right here, right now. This last Sunday night, if you were here, you were, uh, you were part of um, the mixed service, and you probably came into what you thought was a furnace. Um, the last air conditioner had went out. We had, well, we had one unit left. There are four units that run this sanctuary. Two have been out, and one went on the blitz last Sunday night. And so we had one air conditioner trying to heat, or <laughs> yeah, it heated, all right, trying to, to cool this room down, and it did not work. So I really thought I could have started an awesome revival in this church if I'd preached a message on the bad place last Sunday night. But we've got it fixed this week. It cost $18,000 to fix. And we had several quotes, and I think you trust us with the business. We had to search out the best price, and we found that, and it's been fixed. So you should probably feel a little chilly today. And uh, that's, a, that's a miracle right there. But Marty's coming to share with you about a plan um, and, and a word that talks to us about our need and loving our church. Marty? Thank you, Pastor. How many of us love our pastor? Amen. Amen. How many of us love our church? That's right. Well, that's what we've called uh, this morning's offering. All the loose offering and offering that you would designate to go into the loose offering is going to be called Love My Church. We're going to be loving the church that we have so enjoyed over the past uh, 20 years here. Uh, there are some needs I pastor reflect on that, that need to be taken care of, some that have been taken care of with the air conditioning, praise God, and some others on the grounds, and somewhere around the, the total of $25,000 roughly. And, um, you know, when the Lord had kind of laid this on my heart, I just wanted to challenge us with this. You know, there was a scripture in the Bible where they had to rebuild the walls. And as they were rebuilding the walls, uh, it talks about in Ezra that the enemy had sent people by to frustrate their purpose. So they were working, they were trying to do what God had called them to do, and, and here comes the enemy to frustrate their purpose. In so many ways, that's kind of what's happening here. You know, we're trying to rebuild, we're trying to, to expand our walls, expand to the north here, and uh, the enemy's just trying to frustrate our purpose. He's trying to take our focus off of that and put it on some other things. Now, one thing I want to point out that this is not your tithe. Your tithe is holy and it belongs to the Lord. And this is not, if you've been given to the building fund, this is not building fund dollars. The building fund is going to go for a building that's not been built yet that we're getting ready to break ground on with a silver shovel next week. So it's not that. This is just simply, simply love your church offering. This is the building that we enjoy every week, week in, week out. And the, the day's offering, this morning's offering is going directly into that. It's going to meet the needs of this of the church as it is. And I want to challenge you with that. I want you to, to do the best you can do. And in this story, as we get into the book of Nehemiah, understand that Nehemiah got to the point where as the enemy continued to try to stop them from doing their work, that they got to a place where they had the sword in one hand. And I look at that as kind of like the word of God, right? The, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we get that week in and week out with pastor sermons and the word that he gives. We're going to get an awesome word this morning. But that wasn't enough. Just like last week where it said that that we are to stand was the word that pastor was given, that we're to stand against the culture that's trying to push itself into the politics and into the church. 
that's not enough. We can do the spiritual warfare aspect, and that is the sword. But in Nehemiah's book, it said that they also had to do their part. They had to take a trowel. So they were, had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. They're fighting the enemy on one hand, which would reflect upon our spiritual warfare. And then the other hand, they were doing the trial. They were doing the physical work that had to be done. Now, I'm aware of a little bit of pastor's calendar this week. And I overheard him telling somebody and he began to calculate as there was a procedure that had to take place and he knew the time. And he began to back off the time frame because he wouldn't have Barry Clardy there to wake him up. So he had to back off what time that person's procedure was. And I heard him go through that to make sure that he was there at the right time to pray for that person before they went into surgery. Now, it was a very serious situation and we all know that we only have one pastor. He can't be everywhere at, at all times. He's not God, but he does his best to get to where we are in the point of our need. And I thought about that and I thought how I would like to go for him if I could, but you know what? My trial is different than his trial. Your trial is different than pastor's trial. And Hezekiah, when he was on that wall, he was building what he could build, but there were others that made that come to pass because they did what they had to do where they were placed. So this week, while he's out doing visitation and taking care of the things that God's called him to do, you and I are gonna be in our workplace and we're gonna be doing what God's called us to do. And this offering this morning is gonna reflect your portion of what God has called you to do. It's gonna reflect how much you love your church. And if you don't have, if you didn't come prepared for this today, that's okay. Just take a, an, an offering envelope and, and just write on the back of it what your pledge is for Love My Church. And, and over the next week or two, you can bring that offering and you can bring it to God. That's between you and Him. But this is what I know, that God gives the congregation everything we need to take care of what God's given us. And he's done it with all of us. And when we become unified, there's a scripture where it talks about Nehemiah that the people all had a heart for the work. And if you and I would get that heart that God's wanting us to have this morning, the needs are gonna be very well met in this house. So if you've got your offering, I want you to stand to your feet. And I want us to hold our offerings up to God. And we're gonna pray over our offering. And this is gonna be the prayer we're gonna pray over you. That as you sacrifice and as you give to love in your church, that God would open up the windows of heaven and that he would pour out a blessing upon your house and your situation. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you right now. We thank you and we praise you that we've got this church to come in, in comfortable climate, to be able to just worship you and to honor you and to feel your presence. God, we thank you that you've given us the means, God, to expand our borders. God, we thank you that inside these walls right now, God, is every provision that we would ever need. This is why you have each and every one of us here, God, to do our part, God, at this, in this congregation and in this church. God, I pray over this offering. God, I pray over the needs. God, you know what they are. And God, you know that everything that is required is right here in this house, God, and we thank you for that. I thank you for every member, every person that's attending right now. God, I pray over their finances. I pray, God, as those that are given in their tithes and their offerings, God, your word said to prove you and that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we wouldn't have room enough to receive. God, I pray that over this congregation right now, God, I pray your blessing over this offering and we give you the praise and the honor for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy.
you stand with me this morning? I'm holding this gift bag. This is a, a blanket. Uh, ladies in our church, they, for every new child, they always make a blanket. They crochet this, and, and there's a little, a little group of ladies that have been very just faithful to do this. This blanket is for little Jacob. Little Jacob is, how old is he now? Three? Three years old. He's currently awaiting a heart transplant. And he is in critical condition at the hospital. And the ladies have made him a blanket. They've prayed over it. And I want us to pray over it. So I'm going to pull it out of this bag. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, several of our folks here in the front, if you want to meet me down here in the altar, I want us to, to pray over this. We had prayer time and put a little bit of anointing oil on this thing. I'm praying that God will touch this little child. Brother Oval, come up here. So Linda, come up here. Dr. Small, would you mind to step out? If you're someone standing back and you feel like you've got a prayer and you want to come up and touch this blanket, I want you to feel led to just step out and meet me here. If you work in the medical field and you, you love babies, you work with babies. Denise is making mention that, you know, with, with the, you know, with the hope of a transplant uh, comes also the tragedy of someone else's family. So we want to pray for everyone involved in this situation. But little Jacob, Sister, Sister Deanie, if you wanted to come down here, you're certainly welcome. This is your grandbaby. Sister Lovely, you're certainly welcome as well. It's, it's your great-great-grandbaby. You come up here and you get right here. We're just going to believe. His name is little Jacob. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. It's not our prayer as much as it's our faith in God. Father, as we come before you, we pray over this blanket. Jesus, we've anointed it with oil. The prayers of James chapter 5, we agree by faith that you're a God who is able to heal. and You're a God who is able to provide. So we ask in the name of Jesus, you'd touch little Jacob who lays in critical condition. God, we ask you to ministering angels to be all around him. Touch doctors and nurses and everyone involved with his case and with his care. We ask in the name of Jesus for family members and those involved in the situation. Lord, perhaps family that would be going through a crisis in order for this miracle to take place. We just ask God you'd touch everyone who will be a part of this miracle. We ask your work to be accomplished and done in every life and especially in this little child. We give him to you. We trust in you, this little three-year-old little boy. God, we ask in the name of Jesus for your healing touch to be upon his life. 
touch him in the powerful name of the Lord and let your will and your work be accomplished and done as we do our part. We stand in faith, believing that you are a God who is able. And we give you the praise and we give you the honor. We thank you today in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. We thank you this morning. We honor you and we feel your presence. And we give you the praise for it's in your name we ask it. In Jesus' name and everybody said, amen, 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 amen. God bless you. While you remain standing, if you would turn to Joshua chapter 23. I'm going to read out of chapters 23 and 24 for the message that I feel the Lord has given me today. I had another whole message prepared, um, and this one captivated me. And uh, the Lord changed my direction last night. So needless to say, I've, uh, I've been, I got back from some of the celebration and July 4th and uh, went right to work on what the Lord had laid into my heart. He let me know what I had already prepared was for another day, and that he had something else for me. Um, last week, I shared with you about where we stand, how we respond to what's going on in our country. So many folks got opinions and they make them boldly. And a lot of times there's confusion in those messages that, that don't send always what we consider to be love. And then we see bigotry and hatred all around. And a lot of folks just going back and forth with these messages. Last week we made a declaration that, you know, we stand in the love of God. We stand in the power of his might, having put on all the armor of God so that we can stand. Somebody asked me, you know, well, what is your position? I'm just going to stand in faith on the word. We won't compromise or deny the word of God. But at the same time, I will love. I will love because that's the word of God. At the end of the day, it's not our job. As far as, now, last time I checked, the position of Jesus Christ was absolutely solid. And the Son of God was in no way taking a break or stepping down. He takes care of all of us. He saved all of us and he's the one that administers the gospel power the message that I have this morning and the time that I have and I want to get right to it goes back to Joshua when Joshua looked at the children of Israel and they had had a season of blessing they were a God blessed nation living in prosperity living in the good of the land. And God had given them so much to be thankful for. 
And Joshua was nearing the end of his life. As a matter of fact, he makes a statement in chapter 23 of Joshua that today I'm going to go the way of the earth, meaning he was talking about his death. But he had a message for the people. Because you see, society has a way of, how many of you know this to be true? Society tends to repeat its patterns and cycles. Amazingly enough, we don't ever really learn from the past. Some do, but most don't. We feel like we got to just learn it for ourselves. Well, that's what the children of Israel that's what, they're, that's what they were contemplating, and that's where they were headed. And Joshua, in his last discourse with them, wanted to make sure that he left them with the correct instruction. And this is what he says. Joshua chapter 23, verse 8. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you... No one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Or else. Or else. If indeed you do go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and they to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you. But they shall be snares and traps to you, scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Then immediately he goes into chapter 24 and he begins to share in his heart why they need to pay attention to his words. He says, don't you remember? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He begins to list all of the things that God has done. And he finally, in verse 11, gets down to this place where he's closing his argument. He says, Then you went over the Jordan, and you came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you. Also, the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Then he proclaimed, serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for, you this, for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Then he made a declaration that speaks to us this morning. He said, but as for me, 
and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts this morning. You've laid this message on my heart. Help me to get out of the way and to say what you've poured into me, what you've burnt into me. I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, we'll listen with intent to be challenged by your Spirit. That, Lord, we wouldn't repeat the cycles of history in our own God-blessed America. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And this what I would call part two of the message from last week. We talked about when you've done all the stands, stand therefore. We shared and talked how we stand in love. We don't stand as the ones who bring condemnation and judgment. That's not our job. The position's already been taken, as I mentioned. We, but we do stand in the armor of God, and we guard our own hearts. And we're to be found at the end of the day faithful, knowing that the Word of God will always stand. It's important today that we know what our responses are to the things going on around the world. And last week, we wanted to have a response. We wanted to make sure we knew how are we to react to the things that are going on in this world. Some of the things that we see in chapter 23 of Joshua is really, when I read that through that and I was studying it and, and meditating on it, I thought, my goodness, that sounds just like the United States of America. Sounds like it's almost our own history. You have been blessed. You have, you have, your enemies have been held back from you, but now that you've welcomed them all in, now that you're given in marriage to them, and now that you're allowing all these things to, to take place with all the enemies around the world, now it's not so absolutely sure that you're going to be protected. And I've noticed here lately, we've, we've, we've talked, and, and this, is no, this is not a political statement, it's just an emotional statement. Yesterday, I kept myself on guard all day long as we were celebrating the independence of America and celebrating the 4th of July, I still kept my guard up because of the warnings and the threats that are coming against our country now from the inside. It used to be that we worried about the threats from the outside, but these days we're more concerned with what's coming at us from the inside. You look at those things and you, thought, and you think, God, what are we standing on? What's happening to America? What's happening to us? Lord, where is the church in all this? And I still believe, as I mentioned earlier, that the United States is a blessed country. I believe we're blessed. As long as you and I have Jesus in our hearts, we're blessed. Our steps are ordered of the Lord. We're favored of the Lord. We're blessed going out. We're blessed coming in. We have the power of God at work in our lives. And I'm telling you what, we are still, in my opinion, one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. We're still a Christian country. Now, I know they're trying to rewrite history, but young people, be careful and make sure you check out your facts before you buy into lies. History itself chronicles and journals the, the founding fathers and the speeches and the statements that they have made, the written statements that they have made. It was Patrick Henry who wrote these words. He said, we shall not fight alone. 
God presides over the destinies of nations and will raise up friends for us. The battle is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. He said, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. He was determined and he shows in his words there, God was the presiding strength and determined the destiny of nations. It was a wise man, Solomon, in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 34, who said, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. All throughout the word of God, we need to understand, church, we need to be alert and aware of where we're headed. We have a society and a culture and a country where from the top down, they are moving away from a God-centered focus and priority. It was the Constitutional Convention. Many people don't know this because, again, they're spending a lot of time trying to rewrite history. I've noticed this. Have you been smart enough to, to, to see this? Be careful what, what you're being told by liberal educators and by media, the left or the right, because I'm telling you there is a, a campaign to rewrite history. They want you to believe we've never been a Christian nation. They're wanting you to believe that we were never founded on Christian principles. They're wanting you to believe that the intention of our forefathers was to separate ourselves from God instead of to God. This is rewriting history. It was at the very first constitutional convention when they were writing the constitution, if you know your history, they would meet. And in those meetings, they, they would hash through and debate and talk about the Constitution. And out of those conventions came the final product, but it was Benjamin Franklin. Oh yeah, you know him. Now, I said in the 830 service that Benjamin Franklin, you know, the guy who, who discovered lightning. Well, maybe it was just electricity, but it came out that way. Brilliant man. He was 81 years old at the time of the Constitution, and he was failing physically at his body, but his mind was as sharp as a tack. And it was James Madison, you know James Madison, who was journaling and keeping notes of the minutes of the meetings when he began to chronicle word for word what Benjamin Franklin stood up slowly from his chair to address the delegates with. And these are the words verbatim that Ben Franklin spoke. I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, Benjamin Franklin says, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel.
Can you say amen? He knew something. Ben Franklin knew something in that day that we need to remember that Joshua was trying to get across. And that's that history will repeat itself if we're not careful. It was a warning and a challenge in what Joshua brought to the people. It was the time of his departure. He said, today I will go the way of the earth. He was speaking and he says, I'm out of here. I'm done. My job is over. I'm moving on. The people had been blessed. They had known prosperity. They had the, the land that they possessed was blessed. Their enemies had been restricted and restrained from them. And Joshua gives them instructions. He says, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done up to this time. Meaning after I'm gone. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. Sounds like America. I remember a time when it seemed that nothing could penetrate the United States of America. Nothing could get in here. Nothing could come from the outside and get in. They had to fight on the outside. We had to go abroad, and there they would attack us. But in the last decade or 20 years or so, there has been a, a, a change in the direction of the country's morality and its focus, its priority. And now we find ourselves being attacked from within. He went on, he said, one man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Greater words could have never been spoken by Joshua as he prepared his people for his departure. And no greater words could I ever speak from this pulpit than this right here. Take heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. Take heed, pay attention, be alert, listen to what I'm saying to you. Most important words you'll probably ever hear. Be careful for your heart. Love the Lord your God. Don't fall prey to the compromise. Don't fall prey to the wishy-washy attitudes of the world. Don't adopt the liberal ideologies and philosophies. Don't allow anything to tear down what your family, what your mother and your father, your grandfather, your church, your pastors have poured into you as faith, what you have discovered in your own study of God's word. Don't let that go. The world will try to tear your faith away from you. He will the world will try to tell you there is nothing to it. It's full of contradiction. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. They will argue every thought, every feeling that you've ever had in the world. You've seen plenty of hypocrites in the church who only prove further that the world must have something right. But understand this. I'll say it. I said it last Sunday. I'll say it this Sunday. You can put a hypocrite on this side and a liar on that side, and I'll still have a praise in my heart because I don't go to church based on the people. 
I don't go to church based on the hypocrites, the liars, the cheaters. I don't go to a church based on those things. I go because I believe that he is the sovereign God creator of the universe. I come here and I worship God because I believe that he made the sun, the moon, the stars, and he put the breath in my very body. I belong to him. I have found him to be true. I have met the Savior for myself. I don't hear about him. I don't talk about him. I have had my own encounter with Jesus. I have found him to be everything that the word has ever said that he was. And he is my rescuer, my deliverer, my Savior, my King of kings and Lord of lords. And if you don't know it, I'm sorry for you. man if you don't know it i'm sorry for you but there is still a moment in time you're here right now with two ears so listen up because i'm not telling you trying to do a dance to try to get you to come into the church let me tell you something he came from heaven abandoned his throne came down here walked in a body and gave his life he gave his blood for you sacrificed his life on the cross and went into the pit of hell and pulled out the keys to death hell and the grave came up rising out of that tomb and he deserves your reverence your honor your sacrifice he deserves your life hallelujah he deserves your allegiance. He deserves your loyalty. He deserves you to stand to attention when there is anything read from his holy word. You, he deserves for you to get off the ideologies of compromise and stand faithful in this day. The challenge goes out. Choose you this day who you will serve. If God is God, then serve him. If you like it better in this world and it gives you more peace, then you go at it. But like Jesus said in the book of Revelation, I, wish that you were, I would wish that you were hot or cold. Because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. What he meant there was, you're good for nothing. You're good for nothing. More damage has been done to modern testimonies to Christianity by Christians who live half in and half out. You have done more damage to the body of Christ and the message to this world. There will be people who will go to hell because they have been abused, and they have been deceived by Christians who weren't living what they said they believed. That's sad. Somebody says, can God do better than that? God has done all that is necessary to save every man, woman, boy, and girl. It's time for some well-meaning half-hearts to get their act together and take on the responsibility of living the Christian life and get out of hypocrisy and get out of being someone who works negatively for the message of Christ. You can say amen or oh me. That's fussing. I'm not here to fuss. 
Joshua went down through and he talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He said, I sent Moses and Aaron. I plagued Egypt and brought you out of bondage of slavery. I brought you through the Red Sea and then destroyed your enemies. Then he began to list the wars and the enemies who could not stand against him. And he says, I brought you through the Jordan River and then over into Jericho. This shook the people of Israel up as Joshua began to talk to them. And he said, I've given you a history lesson so that you will remember. You will remember what it is that will bring you out every time. Listen, folks, we're not waiting on November. We're not waiting on the presidential election. We're not looking to our, our high Republican or Democratic candidate. We're not looking for the Libertarian or anybody else for that matter. We are looking. We have to go back to the principles of what we know is correct and right. Standing on the rock, Christ Jesus, the solid rock, I will stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Last week, everyone wanted to know what the church had to say about the Supreme Court ruling. Now, I prayerfully submitted my response as a pastor. Every pastor I know was on trial last week. Everybody wanted to know what the preachers were going to say, what the churches were going to say. I received so many texts and so many emails and Facebook remarks praying for you, Pastor, praying for you. I know Sunday's going to be rough in light of all that's going on. Sunday's going to be tough on you. I'm praying for you, and I thank you. I appreciate it. I needed it because you're right. The church was on trial last week. I feel like the Lord gave us the right response that we will stand in the midst of the wiles of the enemy, and we will put on the full armor of God with a heart full of love. That's our response. And as we understand that and know that, there's still a challenge though. There's a challenge for this week. Because you see, I really believe that the greatest threat against America is not terrorism. Just wanted to look at your face for a minute. The greatest threat that is poised against America is not terrorism. Don't get me wrong. Terrorism has struck fear. Terrorism is, is, a, is a threat, a viable threat. There are warnings. There are alerts. There are circumstances and even attacks. It's come home to the USA. And we understand it's a terrible in viable place, our national security. Someone asked yesterday about our national security, and I said, what national security? We're actually at a place now where we fear it more than we have, I have, since 9-11. But it's not terrorism that is our greatest threat. Because you see, there's something else that stands between us and terrorists coming over our borders or infiltrating the minds of our people. And that's immorality. The greatest threat of our time is moral disintegration. Immorality that has taken over. 
we, are, we used to worry about what came at us from the outside. Now we are crumbling from the inside. What do we do? What do we do? We listen, dear people, to the words of Joshua who said, do you remember where God brought you from? Do you remember what he has done on your behalf? He's given you a land that you didn't plow. You live in cities that you didn't build. You eat food that you didn't harvest. It says you have been protected from your enemies. You have been preserved and blessed and I have given you the land. Hold fast your heart of love for God. I'm telling you, we need a revival. We need a revival of God's love. When Jesus looked in Revelation at the church that had lost their first love, he said, this is the one ought I have against you. The first love. Immorality is bringing a moral decline. The worst that I, you and I will ever experience, and we've experienced, I believe, in the 239 years of America's independence. We are headed towards destruction. We're headed towards looking like every other country we've ever seen as they have crumbled from within. And no one is hearing Joshua. No one is hearing Joshua. Choose you this day whom you will serve. The gods of your fathers or the Amorites who in the, in the land that you dwell. Choose you this day whether you will serve the God who delivered you from Egypt, the God who delivered you from your enemies, the God who gave you the promised land, the God who walked you right through the rivers. Will you trust in Him? Will you lean upon Him? Or will you go the way of folly? Will you go the way of deception? Will you continue to walk in the way of lies? Will you continue to wander down the broad road of destruction? Or will you wake up, shake yourself, and see the glory that stands in front of you? His name is Jesus. Will you see Him? Will you serve Him if He is God? Serve Him. It's time to make up your mind, young man. It's time to make up your mind, young lady. You can't stay on the fence the rest of your life. Somewhere along the line, you've got to make a decision because it's all this indecision that is creating the confusion in your life. I guarantee you, I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled on July 2nd, 1981. I about tore the chair in front of me in two waiting for the preacher and as he was calling for the people to come down front that needed to get saved I about tore the pew out I about ripped it out I couldn't focus on anybody standing around me my heart was beating a hundred miles an hour and there I stood I was a nervous wreck I thought all it is is just one step if I just take one step but as I started to take that the enemy kept barreling in my mind but what about your friends what about your fun what about your life what about your plans what about all the things you want hey you don't need to do this stop 
then on the other side, I had the Holy Spirit who was drawing me pulling on me saying I want to save you son I want to turn your life around boy I'm going to transform you and I saw I saw Derek in one part of my soul I saw the freedom you talk about freedom you talk about liberty not the freedom to just do whatever I want I'm talking about the freedom to say I don't need all that bondage I don't need all that stuff I'm talking about a totally different kind of freedom there I stood and I remember the way I wrestled back and forth and I thought oh this is just horrible I don't know if I'm gonna get through this decision and as I finally put it all in perspective before I knew it it's like the Holy Ghost was on this side and the devil was like gnawing on this side and I'm standing there it was just like anything you've ever seen and I'm standing there and nobody probably in that entire Hera arena had any idea that this young man there was literally a fight between Heaven and hell, death and life going on in my life, just like he's trying to do in you right now. If you'll shake yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to touch you, I can't save you. The church can't save you. Mommy and daddy can't save you. But the one who can, he's here in this service this very morning. He's here to bring salvation to your heart and to your life. He wants to give you the answers to life. He wants to give you the answers to philosophy and to the things that are going on in the world around you. I stood there and I remember before I even knew what I was doing. I stood there, stood there, rip, ripping stuff. I'm like tears in my eyes and I'm, I'm like, no, no, yes, I want to, I want to. No, you don't, yes. Next thing I know, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no, you're going down. Oh, no. I get down there and tears are dreaming, streaming down my face. I get down to the front and this man I didn't know was standing there, had no idea who he was. He looked at me and he said, my Lord, son, the Holy Ghost is all over you. I looked at him real theologically and I said, I know. <laughs> I didn't even know that man. You know who he was? It was Lane Sargent, pastor of some church down in Middletown I'd never heard of. God was ordering my steps just like he's ordering yours. God wants to get through to this world. He's trying to save this world. But we're all caught up in rebellion. We're all caught up in immorality. We're all called up, caught up in playing our games with God and the word. We want to run as far as we can run. But no matter where you run, you just keep running right into his heart. He can't let you go. Why? Because God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves you. He loves you. So the question this morning is not to the church and it's not to the pastors. We're no longer on trial this morning. It's the family. It's the mother. It's the father. It's the son. It's the daughter. It's the words of Joshua. As he screams out to every one of us in 2015, he says, Choose this day whom you will serve. The God of this world or the God who made the stars. Choose. Choose. If you could hear him now, as he looks into your face, there'll be a day when you'll wish you had a morning just like this. Hear me, folks. I, I, I didn't mean to go this direction. Actually, this is, this is going a whole other place. Hear the words that are being spoken this morning. Because you need this 
The day is coming. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit. The day is coming when you will stand before the God that you rebel against now. There's an hour and a moment coming when you will stand before His love, His mercy. You will stand before His grace and you will be handed judgment. There's a day coming when you will wish for this hour at 10 minutes after 12 on July 5th, 2014. Every head bowed right where you're sitting today. As a river would flow through a desert, and as a flower would bloom in its heat, my love reaches into the impossible places of your life. I am here. I am here for you, says the Lord. Trust and know that I love you, that I'm searching after your heart. I have come with love and mercy in my hands. I have come to bring salvation and rescue to your heart and to your life. I will order your steps anew if you will but trust me, says the Lord. I long for the affection and the intimacy of relationship with my people. Look to me now and know I will not disappoint you, says the Lord. I am the God of my word. I am a God who loves you. And I am here for you in this hour. Do not turn away. Wow. In a spirit-filled church, what you've just experienced is the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation in the church. The Bible speaks of the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. It's a message directly from the Holy Spirit to your heart. I don't know where you are. I don't know what path you've taken. I don't know how far removed you are from all that you've known your whole life and how you were raised up. I, I see in my heart people who have been raised and nurtured in the faith. As a little child, you could quote the Bible stories. You could tell them chapter and verse. You were raised to pray with your family. Today, you stand in rebellion. Today, you stand having adopted the ideologies of the world, and you aren't sure. You stand in confusion, but yet, here you are this morning, and your heart is beating, and the Holy Spirit is knocking. There's no way my words, there's no way my words could affect anything in your heart. What you sense and what you feel is God knocking on your heart's door. 
He's wanting to save you, to rescue you, to bring relief to the chaos surrounding you. You hear the words of Joshua as God's Holy Spirit is saying, choose. It's time to choose. Christ died for you. Christ loves you. He has mercy in his hands for you. But know this, judgment is coming for those who will turn away from God. For those who will reject his love, there is no other option. You will go the broad road the Bible speaks of as destruction. But God promises that he will not fail you he will meet you that he will love you it's a journey you've got to start the journey it doesn't all happen at once you begin to be discipled you begin to understand him and you grow in him and he changes your life you become transformed by the renewing of your mind it's beautiful when it happens so many people have hurt you and abused you in the years that you've been in and around church. You've probably seen a lot of wounding, a lot of hurt. You've seen hypocrisy in the church. You've seen people who claim to be something end up being not what they say. It's hurt you. It's actually been your main argument against God. But I would remind you this morning, it was not God who failed you. It was people. People will always fail. That has been true from the Garden of Eden all the way forward. Humans will always be human. But God will not fail you. He has not failed you. Even now in your years of rebellion, in your years of turning from Him. I'm speaking to someone this morning. Christians, pray with me. Even in your years of rebellion and turning away from the faith and trying to convince yourself, heaping to yourself knowledge and trying to get understanding, listening to everything you can to try to turn this doubt and confusion into a fact in your life. You've tried, but you have failed to prove that God is not real. And this morning, you're given the opportunity to choose. You may not have this opportunity again. You may not ever come to a place in your life where the invitation will be there. No man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. You can't just change your mind three days from now. You can't just accept him a year from now. You have to know when he's knocking on your heart's door. Your only response is yes because it's a free gift. You can't do anything to earn it can't pay for it you can't be good enough all you can do is receive it as you sit where you are this morning I would ask you do you need Jesus Christ in your life are you ready to choose him and if you are sitting in this house this morning I would ask you to just slip up your hand and write back down we're going to pray in just a few moments but I want to know who I'm praying for I need Jesus, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Hands going up. Anywhere else? Anyone else? 
God bless you. Son, I, brother, I see you. Holy Spirit is working, is knocking. See, it didn't hurt. You responded. It, the roof didn't cave in. Everything's good. You made it this far. We're going to go all the way through. Is there anyone else under the sound of my voice? God bless you, son. I need Jesus this morning. Pastor, I don't want to leave here without him. Anyone else? All right. Christians, will you stand all over the house? Will you stand? Everyone stand. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to step out from where you are. Everyone who will, just meet me in this altar as quickly as you can. Would you come? You're coming with people that have lifted their hands that said they need Jesus. We're going to pray with them today. We're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for us as Christians. We're going to pray for one another. Come. No matter what comes my way, no matter what people say, I'm just going to stand. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God for these that are coming. Make room for I'm them, if you will. If you're down the aisles, make room for folks who are coming through. In Jesus' name. If you're standing back today, I would you help us to pray? Stand. Would you just put your hand forward and let's lift our hands your to God towards this altar and let's pray for no these that are down in the altar. Father, we come to you, we bring our brothers, we bring our sisters to you. We ask you, Lord, to touch us as a church to be, God, what we need to be so that we can be an encourager, so we can uplift them and build them up in your kingdom work. God, help us to see and to know the things that we understand in your word that are coming. Lord, help us to be able to be encouragers. Help us, Father. We want to be a light. We want to be salt. We want to be the ones that make a difference in their lives. We want to be true, authentic, and real so that, God, when those that are hurting see us, they see the real. They know that you will help them. They know that you'll be there for them. Touch us together as a church to be more on fire than we've ever been. To be ready, God, to be able to stand in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation touch us this morning I pray in the name of Jesus as we bring to you now souls we bring to you men and women who are ready to receive you to choose you we thank you for this as we celebrate it today in the name of Jesus amen amen I want you right now all over the house if you will help me let's take these folks straight to the throne I don't even know how many lifted your hand maybe you didn't lift your hand but you need to pray pray this with us anyhow let's all do this together and let's take these folks before God can you help me? Let's do it. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I know you're the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. People have failed, but you have won. You are the Son. You are the Savior. I declare today you're Lord of my life. As I believe it in my heart, I confess it with my mouth. Your word says I'm saved, born again, as good as anybody, on my way to heaven, in Jesus' name. Help me every day. Live, be strong. 
and love you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Can I just say this? That's real Independence Day. That's real, real freedom. Real liberty. So God bless you this morning. Happy 4th of July. If you go down to, to Princeton Pike tonight or if you just do a little cookout in the backyard, whatever it is that you do, I pray you do it with laughter, with love, and with your family and friends surrounding you. God bless you. Have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Just Amen. We, we want to remind you today, we started the tote ministry last Last week, we gave away dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of bags. We want you, if you didn't get an opportunity to go by the booth and grab a bag, we want you to do that and be blessed. Have a wonderful weekend. God bless you all.